the Lord gave the word, and great was the company of them that published it. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Welcome to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord. I am your host, Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr. Now lend me your ear and let's go inside of Know Your Bible and hear God's life-changing word. Welcome to Know Your Bible. Today's message, The Lord's Supper. And now here's Bishop Caldwell. When he was raised from the day of the third day, he went and got it. He went and got that blood, put it in a basin, and went into the third heaven and put it up on the mercy seat. I'm glad there's a mercy seat. I'm glad that there's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood and lose all their guilt and shame. Oh, man, we were filthy and undone without God but Jesus. And when we think about the second coming of Jesus, that blood is up there. And he's seated, not on his throne, but on his father's throne. And he's seated at God's right hand. And we are in the earth realm during the Lord's Supper as a sign that he's coming back again. Come on, Sam, and he, he, he's, coming, he's coming back again. And we are doing this until he comes. Now ain't that something? So that rebukes everybody out there that claim that he came. No, we don't love supper. We saying he ain't came yet. He hasn't come yet. And he's not coming until he gets ready to come. But the blood is on the mercy seat. And that blood has been applied to the spirit of everyone who has accepted Jesus. So that you won't be destroyed. We shall be saved from wrath through him. So the church is not going through the great tribulation period. See in this Bible you have to make up your mind. Are you a post-tribber? Huh? Or are you a pre-tribber? Now you might say, I don't even know what that means. Well you ought to be ashamed because you got a whole college and a school of ministry. Y'all know what that means. But I won't be tough on you. I'm going to break you off a piece. The post-tribbers are those that say the church is going out in the great tribulation period. And there are those that teach that, that it's going out in the great tribulation period. Post-tribulation, meaning in the middle of it or after it or however they twist their doctrine. But I got some news for you. The church ain't going through no great tribulation period. Just like Methuselah went out of here before the flood. We going out before the great tribulation period. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one another with these words. We are pre-tribbers. We believe that the church is going out before the great tribulation period and we can prove it because in the days of Noah, that's emblematic of the great tribulation period. And I'm sorry, Noah was locked in and his family before the flood came. Can I get a witness in here? Man, Jesus, listen, if the man started out with a hundred sheep 
and one go astray, he's going to get that one. He'll never leave you. He will never forsake you. No matter how dark the night is that he has to go through to get you, he'll find you. You may be as loaded as a cool brown. The Lord will come into that dark place where you've been falling all out with the eels and the, the substance of this world put you on his shoulder and take you back. The Lord say, I ain't going to ever leave you. Neither will I ever forsake you. You are mine, saith the Lord. Didn't he say it? So here we are tonight during the Lord's Supper as a show that he is seated at God's right, uh, at God's right hand and he has not come back yet. So just by the mere fact we in this building do the Lord's Supper. Say we know that he has not come back. But we're waiting on him. Get a cup of cappuccino and wait on him. Get a bottle of water. Same water they got out of City Shreveport. You done bought. Just get a bottle of water and wait on him. Get a donut. And wait on him. Do you all understand what's being said? As long as the church is doing the Lord's Supper, he hasn't come yet. So what are we doing here? We are showing his death until he comes. And I thought about that. That's, to use a word, that's horrendous. Meaning it defies description. It's so terrible. Terrible meaning that there's a judgment that God has put in the earth realm against everyone who does not have his son Jesus right now with a charge against them of murder in the first degree. How in the world can a person overcome murder in the first degree in the sight of God? And you notice, it's showing forth his death till he comes, not his resurrection. That's the part that blew my mind. We know he got up because we got saved. But the Lord wants the world to understand out there, you got a charge against you. And it's the death of Christ. And everyone who's born in this world is born lost, is born without God. So the body of Christ has been given the commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and was buried in the third day God raised him from the dead according to the scriptures. According to what scripture? The book of Jonah. According to the book of Jonah. Jonah died in that fish. Sure did. But God. Had that fish spit him out the third day. And Jesus said a greater than Jonah is here. So when we think about doing the Lord's Supper. To show forth his death until he comes. It's a condemnation against everybody that's not born again. See, we love John 3.16, and I think we all love the whole Bible. Let me quote it for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? Right? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life, right? That's John 3.16. What about the 17th verse? For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. For he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not, condemned already. 
condemned already. So get rid of your little social gospel that everybody's good people. No, it's some folk in here that ain't born again. That has the sentence of death upon them. So when we talk about what God is doing, man, that, that the death of Jesus put man in the crosshairs and condemned him to spend a lost eternity without him. And right in the middle of the Lord's Supper, we got something amazing going on. We got a promise of his second coming. My goodness. We have a, pre- we have a promise of his second coming right in the middle of the Lord's Supper. Because they say, as often as you do this, you do show forth the Lord's death till he comes. He's coming. And while I'm at that juncture, he's not coming as a thief in the night. He's coming to the world as a thief in the night, but not to the body of Christ. Because he told us he was coming. He didn't tell us when, but he told us that he was. Y'all still here? Yeah. This Lord's Supper speaks to three different entities and in three different directions. That silver represents redemption. It speaks back to God showing that he did the right thing. Because, see, it wasn't the soldiers that killed Jesus. It was God that killed Jesus. Jesus was smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. But the Lord has laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. God the Father backhanded Jesus and killed him. Because can't no man kill God? So when he took that bread and broke it, he said, this is my body. Take it and eat it. Now I know if some folk tell you you need to take the Lord's Supper at your house every chance you get. Yeah? You over there with your little cracker and your little juice you got out the refrigerator and you and the devil building a need to not have to go to church. You got your little thing going on. But you got to be very careful because I don't think you're going to be able to find scriptural authority for that. The Bible says when you come together. And God knows with all this technology, it looks like a lot of us are getting further and further apart. The end of technology is to take your job. You do know that, don't you? People won't do everything on the telephone. God said, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Somebody always trying to figure out why they don't need the church. I don't need no pastor. I can study at my house. Oh, is that right? But you can't move that scripture to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the man of something. What you going to do with that? Y'all better quit listening to these people that's lazy. They want to do all this stuff on the phone and stay at home. 
That ain't God's idea. Even when they came up with this little feast supper and they had some poor folk there that couldn't bring no biscuit, no, no, no biscuit and chicken. Now, and all of them sitting in there and the poor brother that have no biscuit, no chicken and the folk that are met for this love supper, they're just chowing down on the chicken and the biscuit. And the brother sitting there, lips white, licking lips, no food to eat. You know what Paul told them folk? He said, cut it out. From now on, if any of y'all hungry, do what? Eat at home. See, we, we don't want to do what Jesus said because he's not on the internet. Uh, we can't text him. Paul said, you cut it out. From now on, eat at home. Because what was happening, they were getting drunk. Yeah. Christian people. You may know one that get drunk. See, three people. There ain't nobody there but them. Talking about, I see y'all. And then in the middle of all that, what did they do? When they got loaded on that vino, somebody had a bright idea. What was the bright idea? Let's do the Lord's Supper. Yeah, yeah, let's do the Lord's Supper. And Paul said, you better be careful right there because some of y'all are weak, some of y'all are sickly, and this Lord's Supper will kill some of y'all over there. You know, it's a lot of people right now, they're going to doctor to doctor, and they can't find nothing wrong with them. I suggest we go back to the, to the church where they took the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. The Lord's Supper it killed people back then, it'll kill them today too. You don't get so familiar with Jesus till you call him J.C. Hey, J.C., let me, let me talk to you, man. God is to be revered. God is not our buddy. And we need to take our rightful place before him. Where is that? On our knees. Now, you know, let's not bore you too long. We, we, we need to understand that we are in the middle of something right here. Proclaiming the death of the Lord. To send a signal to everybody. So this table points toward God to say, you did the right thing when you killed Jesus in my place. Thank you, sir. Then this same table in this blood points toward Satan. And it says, your whole kingdom been torn down, man. You have no idea what's waiting you on the other side of the great white throne. Then this same table points to man and say, now there's a fountain filled with blood if you need it. If you want to get born again, come to Jesus right now. Because what he did at Calvary is good enough for your redemption. It points toward God for justification. It points toward man for sanctification. And it points toward the devil for condemnation. So whose side you on? And then lastly, since we're to do this in remembrance of him, and since this shows forth his death until he comes again, there's something we need to pay very close attention to. I prayed about this 
And I want you to hear this. Go to Luke chapter 24. As often as you do this, you show forth the Lord's death till he come. In other words, he has not yet come. And so until he does come, the Lord's Supper is still effective at the local church. It should still be being done at the local church. It should not be discontinued at the local church. Because it's showing forth his death until he comes again. And everyone without Jesus right now is already condemned. Are we together? Okay, now notice this. This so powerful going to burn your mustache out before you drink it. Are you in Luke chapter 24? Now I want you to walk real slowly with me right through here because it's something you need to see. Luke chapter 24 and verse 33. And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and those who were with them saying the Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done along the way and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. And as they thus spoke, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as you see me. Have. Now is that what he said? Reading on. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have you here anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and a honeycomb. And he took it and did eat before them. Now, before we go any further, Hold that in your mind. Because I'm trying to conclude this message right quick. So I guess I need to just go ahead and deal with this right now, right? Right. I have so many coaches. So when Jesus was raised up from the dead, he didn't come back as a spirit. Because he said, now you touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bone as you see me have. But he said nothing about blood because he didn't have no blood in his body. So when Christ died on that cross, every drop of his blood was spilt on that cross down on that ground. Right? But he took bread and he blessed it. Am I right about it? And so the Lord is not Where he is right now, he has no blood in his body. He's flesh and bones. Can you see that? Can you really see that? Now I know I'm a teacher. Can you see that? So, I came across something that drew my interest. John chapter 20. John's gospel chapter 20. It drew my interest, and I had to ponder over it 
and probably still don't have the answer to it, but I'm going to give you what I have. John chapter 20 verses 1 through 10. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple, who we know to be as John, and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter. John outran Peter because Peter was an older man. He ran out of breath. And came first to the sepulcher, verse 5. And he stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter, following him, and went into the sepulcher, and seeth the linen clothes lying there, and the cloth that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also the other disciple, who came first to the sepulcher, John, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. Now back back up to verse 7. And the cloth that was about his head, told by Jesus, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. And my mind started running like, a robot out of control in the kitchen with the pancakes. See this this cloth. Now we know he got up. Did he get up? Y'all still with me? I mean, he, he he got up, but he took the linen cloth that had been wrapped around his head, and he folded it. And he put it next, not to the same place, but in the general vicinity of where the linen clothes were lying. I pondered that. Now, you don't have to agree with me right here. But I thought about it. Why in the world would the Lord take this napkin, which was just like Paul took this apron, cut it into small pieces and sent it to people and they got healed? This napkin, this, this handkerchief thing was to be used to wipe the sweat off your brow. And here Jesus has taken quality time to fold it up, put it in a place by itself. And I cogitated on that. And this is what I came back with. That cloth oftentimes was used to wipe the brow of the dead. But here the Lord has been risen from the dead and take the napkin. Ain't in no hurry. Fold it and put it right there. What was he saying? 
You see my clothes, Peter, but you don't see me. You see where my body laid, but you don't see me. You see the napkin, but you don't see me. I'm leaving this napkin to let you know, even though you don't see me, you'll see me again. Man, I could have bust a wall through my house. You see the napkin, but you don't see me. But seeing this napkin, you'll see me again. You don't get up from the dead and leave no evidence. Because all the linen clothes are lying right where. See, when they wrapped Jesus when he died, they started at his middle finger and went around his whole body and wrapped him just like a mommy. He was in those clothes. Today's message, the Lord's Supper, FC 2680. FC 2680 is now available on CD for only $10 and it may be purchased by calling Know Your Bible at 318-938-1885 or you can mail in your request to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana 71119 or email us greenwoodacres at comcast.net. Now the question is, will I do his will and There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. The power in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come. The Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago and he answered me, came into my heart and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you said those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the question's up. Will I... Hello, this is Bishop Carwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. 
The world needs Jesus now more than ever before. And you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you.